Tired of ads interrupting your favorite show? Good news. Ad-free listening on Amazon Music is included with your Prime membership. Just head to amazon.com slash ad-free fitness to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Enjoy thousands of ACAST shows ad-free for Prime subscribers. Some shows may have ads. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Secret Library Podcast. Welcome to season eight, where our theme is wonder. For many of us, when we write, we focus on the end product. We focus on what we want to accomplish and getting it out into the world where others can read it. However, it's just as important how writing transforms our lives. What does writing change about how we experience the world around us? This season, we will have a series of conversations with people who look at how writing has impacted them how it has changed their everyday experience, what impact writing has had on their lives. I know you will love hearing these conversations as much as we loved recording them. And I hope that by the end, you will have found a pathway to wonder through writing yourself. My guest this week is Tara Kalaman a comedian, screenwriter, producer, essayist, teacher, and facilitator. Her theater show, Nice Girls Don't, a humorous take on societal norms, was featured as part of the 2022 Dublin Scene and Heard Festival, and she is currently at work on her first graphic novel. She lives in Ireland, where she enjoys the crack and is a fair-weather sea swimmer. Tara is... A friend of mine I've known for years and years and years, and it has been a delight ever since I met her, ironically, at a writing conference, which we discuss in this episode, to look at how writing has impacted us and opened up new opportunities and exploration. I'm always impressed by Tara's fearless pursuit of new opportunities especially stand-up comedy, which scares me to death. So we look at the ways that not being so attached to the form your story takes can open you up to the wonder of what it could become. In addition, Tara is one of the few writers I know who collaborates with others. And as a novelist, this is an experience I have not really had in terms of working on a project where I'm not the only writer of that piece. So if you've been interested in collaboration, this is a great episode for you as well. But mostly, it's just great fun to record with someone I've known for ages. So I'm very, very excited at last to share Tara with The Secret Library. 
I'm very excited to be here with Tara. I think everyone needs to know that we are at standing desks recording this. So if it feels extra dynamic today, that is why. If if our voices sound higher, perhaps, if there is a there's a little elevation to it, we are standing. Yeah, there's more altitude to this conversation, perhaps. And I have to acknowledge as we dive in that one of the things writing brought me in my life was meeting you because we met at a blogging conference, which sounds hilarious. Does that oh make us God. sound like we're like 70 years old? At least 70 years old. And let's let's remember this was a female blogging conference back in the days when you had to have separate blogging conferences for genders. There were like a few guys there, I remember, but it was blog her, baby, yes. blog her. Yep, that's where we met. It's pretty great. It seems so funny to me now, but anyway... Yes. I am very excited to talk about writing with you because you do a lot of different kinds of writing. And I want to know how how that, you know, writing everything from stand-up to screenplays for television to theater to everything in between, what and beyond. How how does that play out for you in your everyday life? What does this look like? Uh, I think there's a couple different things that go into it. And one of them is just being playful, like knowing that I'm not going to be good necessarily at a form or a medium, but just being like, hey, I think this would be fun to try. So I'm going to try this thing and play around with it. And I think a lot of it just kind of taps back into when we were younger and we all wrote plays, right? All of us nerdy writers who were like writing plays for our siblings to play all the different parts, whatever. Like, like we didn't know what the, what we were doing and it was just fun to try and to play around with it and see what happens. And so I think that's part of it. And then also like, I don't really care if I suck. So there's just like that beginner's mind bit to it where I'm like, you know what? I'm, it's going to be awful. Like this first play, this first short, this first rap, this first whatever it is that I'm writing is probably not going to be good. But you know what? Like there's some beauty in that that I really enjoy. Um, and you're guaranteed to get better. Oh, I mean, I, th I think you're guaranteed to get better if you put in some time and some skill. So I tell myself. At the same time, I think it's also like the importance of like knowing that you can quit something if you don't like it. You know, like I had to make peace with, with this recently in my life around stand-up comedy because I just realized it wasn't, serving the purposes that I needed anymore. And I was like, oh, and everyone kept asking me, when are you going to perform again? Oh, blah, blah. And I just like, I can't, I want to try other things. And it's not, and I've just gotten to a point where I'm like, I'm okay saying that I'm done with stand-up comedy for a little while. And like, maybe I'll go back to it, but there's so many other things that I want to do that it doesn't make sense to focus in on that one thing that's draining my energy and not really bringing me a lot of joy. Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But it, ha it was fun. And it like forced me to write a lot of jokes over, you know, a certain amount of time. And I think that was really good. I think this is important because we, and by we, I just mean writers as a whole, which is maybe slightly ridiculous to speak for all of them. But as a, as a writer who primarily writes novels when it comes to fiction, 
I'm definitely guilty of the the sort of preciousness of identifying as a novelist. <laughs> and I can see stand-up comedy having a similar thing. It's like you are a comedian. Yes, it's someone who does comedy, but how does this play out in terms of identity when we think about what kinds of writing we're doing or not doing? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because especially in a scene like that, um, it really becomes your, you know, the, there's a lot of, there is a lot of scene to it. You have to go and be with the people and, and you have to get up regularly. And there's a lot of like that, which is quite the opposite of a lot of writers where you're like, I want to stay in and not ever go out or share my work or like it's very kind of an insular thing and with stand-up you really have to be out there promoting and pushing and hustling and that whole thing so that part of it for me was like yeah like I need to I, I could do it for a little while but then it got really exhausting and I also realized that the things that I'm looking to explore I need more than five or ten minutes on the stage to do it mm. do you know what I mean and like stand-up yeah. that's that's where I was at with stand-up was like little bits here and there which were fun and maybe you put them together into a bigger show, but I think that I, I don't know, I just, I'm looking for different ways of talking about what it is that I want to be talking about, the issues, the things that I'm exploring, and and just find other ways to deliver those to the people that I think need to hear these messages. And it's not always the drunk people at a stand-up, you know, at a dive bar who are there to see free comedy. Yeah, so, fair enough. Yeah. So, yeah, so what some is of it's it? audience, some of it's delivery, some of it's just me where I'm at in my life. I know the thought of being on stage while writing my book and having people write and comment on the process is pretty horrifying. <laughs> that sentence does suck. Like I can just imagine these drunk people out there and I'd be like, Ooh, thanks man. Yeah. Yeah. That's why like, so, um, I did my first theater show last year and it was specifically for this festival of new work. And it was amazing because their entire ethos is about getting feedback from the audience and having it be a really like supportive place for people that are trying new things. And like, for me, it was my first time doing anything like that, putting together a theater thing. And so it was like, this was an, a perfect opportunity for me to take the writing that I've been doing in standup, right. In other bits, put it together, collaborate with some other creative women and create the show and do it in a space where I was able to get really constructive feedback. It was super positive and it gave me a little taste of like what's possible in the theater space. And now I'm have a lot of ideas. <laughs> I can imagine. I mean, that's couldn't sound more different in the way you're no. describing it. So is this the direction you're wanting to head now with ideas you're exploring or is there even more? <laughs> so last year I started drawing Ooh. just a little because I am I'm like oh my god I'm an awful right I can't do this I'm, I'm awful so I was like what if I just took that judgment out of it and I did like one of those 30-day challenges so for November every day I just drew something no judgment whatever and I got a few nice pens and the book right I had the gear was ready to go and it was really really fun and I started to explore some stuff and then I started reading more graphic novels and I was checking out things like, I was like, this is a really interesting way of telling a story, right? And it started making me think of things that I've explored in other formats, how I could maybe bring some of those themes and that story into a more visual element on the page. And so now I'm working on a little something. <laughs> That's so fun. And it's like, I, uh, I, I, I 
so I took a class. A lot of this for me is like just taking little classes here and there, taster classes. So one of them was through the Irish Writers Center, and it was um, an introduction to to writing for comics and graphic novels. And within that class, uh, lots of really good exercises. I'd sort of had an idea going into it of something that I was thinking about. And then using the exercises she gave in the class, I was able to, and I got some really good feedback in the class, um, ended up meeting a friend in the class, go me. Um, but also just hearing the, like, what the other students were working on was really interesting. But it just got me kind of lit up about that as a possible way of telling the story that I was looking, because I had the idea for the story and I was like, is it a show? Is it a, like, is it a the screenplay? What is this, an animated short? Like, what is this? And I think it's visual and it's on the page and then maybe it becomes something else later down the road. But I think in the beginning, it's just like maybe a, a web comic. So that's kind of what we're starting with. <laughs> this is so, see, the thing that really excites me about this is that we so often, and again, I'm speaking for everyone in the world. I should stop that. <laughs> I feel compelled often to lead with format. And, oh, I'm going to write a novel. I'm going to write a short story. And then to think what, or even as the ideas, it's like they come simultaneously. Something shows up and it feels like a book. Mm -hmm. And as somebody who enjoys writing book length manuscripts, I tend to discard anything that doesn't fit that filter and say, nope, nope, that's not working. Or maybe that's part of a book, but it's not, it's not enough to be a full book yet. And, and that's just sort of how I go around. It's like, I got one kind of net and I love the idea of having a big old sparkly idea net and saying, Ooh, who are you? Where do you want to go? And I think now more than ever, there are so many different ways to make cool things, right? It could be a mashup of, or it's this format taken and done in this way, you know, whatever it might be. I think that there's ways that you can take the traditional models, mix them with something new and have this really interesting way of delivering an idea that makes it feel fresh or it's, you're putting your take on it because it's this, like you said, you're mixing some stuff together or you're picking this or you just kind of are open to how the idea wants to take shape. So how do you avoid getting overwhelmed? <laughs> That's funny because I was just thinking, I'm like, oh my God, I have so many ideas. I have so many things I want to do. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Um, I think I like having a couple different projects in different stages, right? So it's like I have a screenplay that I'm currently working on version two of. We got some reader notes and we're, so we're working on like some serious edits on a version two, right? And then something else is in the beginning stages. And then, so I feel like if I have things that are in, I can chip away at and kind of make progress on slowly and focus on different things. I, I think that appeals to some of my like random kind of ADHD or, you know, like limited attention thing. I like kind of getting into a project and then stepping back and maybe not thinking about it and then working on something else. Cause I find that that helps me to come back to the first project and make some progress on it. But I can only have a few of those going at the same time because I do have a full-time job and it's not <laughs> any of the things I'm describing. <laughs> right. So how does, because you're, you're a lot of different things, even yeah. beyond being a writer and a creative person. You've got a full-time job. You're not single. You're yeah. married with a kid. You know, yes. you have a lot of stuff going on. So how does this all fit together? Yeah. Um, 
honestly, uh, uh, I, I have a job that I can do some of a little bit of this on the side, like sort of, I have a job, let's just say that doesn't take up a hundred percent of my, 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 my capacities. So I can, I feel like there is some flexibility built in there and I'm very lucky that way. Um, my child is of an age that he doesn't need me quite as much. So I'm able to kind of, you know, fit some stuff in there. And then a lot of the stuff I work on is with other people. So I like to hold myself accountable and have these meetups and go and meet someone or have a Zoom meeting. And like, I know that at nine o'clock, Sunday mornings are really good for me for some reason, because I'm already up and not doing anything. So it's like Sunday mornings, I'll work on something and it'll be maybe a collaboration with someone else, or it's me spending some dedicated time doing research or, or whatever it might be. But you just have to fit it in when you can, right? Mm-hmm. Getting tired. You know, about it. Because <laughs> there is this, there's this equal, it's, it feels like it's a teeny tiny little window, you know, like the teeny window where the shower is the right temperature. I always okay. think of Eddie Izzard talking about, the, the difference between totally goddamn freezing and absolutely fucking boiling. And it's like one little tiny bit in there. And I feel like that's the, the space between totally inspired and yet completely scattered and then completely exhausted and having no inspiration. Whatsoever. It's like, there's this one little teeny point in the middle where you're like, I'm inspired and I have enough energy to do these things. And that, and it very rarely even occurs where those two things cross. So I think a lot of it is just chipping away at it and being like, okay, I don't feel very inspired right now, but I said that I was going to talk with this person at nine o'clock. So I'm going to do this. Right. And, and having the accountability, also having the date, knowing we're working towards something is really, uh, beneficial for me anyway. But, uh, yeah. And just, I don't know, like I was saying before, knowing that things aren't going to go your way necessarily like it's not going to be an easy it's not going to be easy and when you get that moment of spark and something works it's so very exciting but you have to trudge through the hard stuff to to get there and that's kind of the fun part I think definitely yeah can you say a little bit more about collaborating with other people Mm. on these projects because I feel like a crusty old hermit, away at my da- you know, like I'm not going out to do stand up. I'm not doing that. I'm like hiding away with like my precious, my book. And it's, it's been yeah. really interesting. Like, um, and I kind of realized that that's just what I want to do more of is like, I kind of want to build this amazing community of creative women and just like be making cool stuff together all the time. So it really started during the pandemic, uh, with this screenplay that I wrote, met this woman, another writer, and we just, we had this great idea. And so we wanted to do it, but it's during the pandemic, right? We're not meeting up. So we just start doing a regular schedule twice a week. We meet on Zoom and and we write it on Zoom. So we're sharing our screen. We have the screenplay open. Like we did a lot actually for this one in terms of outlining and stuff more so than I've ever done for a screenplay before. Um, But a lot of it was also like our personality styles and melding together because um, I love my partner, but she's also very, and she would agree with this she's very like she tends to be a little pessimistic (laughs) and she's very uh she wants to keep things kind of close to close to the close to the chest so she doesn't want to necessarily share what we're doing right and I think that's good 
But I think you also need at some point someone who's going to push the thing out into the world, right? And it turns out that I am that person to push things out into the world. <laughs> but it's, you know, it's a really good balance because she keeps us like down to earth and very pragmatic around like what we need to get done. And it's actually maybe not in a good position for it to be read just yet, right? But then I can get it to the point where I'm like, okay, we need to actually get it in front of someone and get some notes and prepare to submit it to these competitions and these things that we want to do. And so that's been really interesting, but we've been working well together. And so that's been fun. Um, the theater show I did last year, I wrote it, but there were two other female comedians that worked with me on it. And that was, that was really interesting because I just wanted it to be funny. Like I just wanted it to be good. So I would provide the initial draft and then they would hop in and like punch stuff up and make it funnier. And what if we did this? And what if we did that? And that was a lot of rehearsal, um, a lot of back and forth, a lot of like updating drafts all the time. And like, what, what was the line? What were you going to, there was something funnier. What, and, and what I ended up realizing there is I was the director and the producer for that. And I needed, like, I needed help. I needed someone else there. <laughs> So I learned a lot in that process of like, oh, it would have been great if there had been someone there typing these notes as we were doing it, as opposed to, you know, like just scribbling stuff on the fucking fourth version of the script that we had that had stuff crossed out and whatever, whatever. Um, so I think going into any project, it's just a matter of obviously the personality and kind of the psychology of it in terms of how you're going to interact with the person, how you, how both of you or all of you interact with the thing that you're creating. Um, and it's, it's really fun that way. And also at the, at the same time, like you get some of the project and you're like, okay, that was cool. Like you can go on your way and I'm going to go work on this. I'm going to work on this. And like, we don't, we can be friendly or we can work together again someday. You know, it just kind of, the community here is very small in that I, you know, I like having positive experiences with people and I hope to work with a lot of these people again. So I try and keep things real professional and positive. <laughs> As I'm, as I'm rapping about perimenopause, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> somebody has to. I mean, exactly. exactly. Somebody's got to do it. <laughs> I, I'm glad. I'm glad it's happening. I, I'm wondering, so how does this shift towards what I'm hearing is like following the fun, looking at how you want to be with other people. Has that expanded beyond writing into other areas of life? Or is this something that's sort of contained within the creative space? Oh, no, it is full, holistic, how I am living my life. It is, we can blame it on perimenopause, we can blame it on whatever, but I am like intentionally building community of awesome people around me and they all happen to be women. So whatever. <laughs> um um uh like I just yeah I, I don't think it's just writing it's um it's how as you know as someone who has moved to another country and has had to build a new network of friends I think it's very easy to go into that without much thought just being like oh my god I fucking need friends I, you know and like being very kind of like oh I just need somebody and that's okay for a little while but I also think you get to a point you're like I really want to be intentional about who I'm spending time with and moving to a new country is a great way to sort of start over or do that with yourself and choose who you want to surround yourself with. And so that's what I've been doing. And then I'm fortunate that a lot of it, a lot of the people I surround myself with are also creatives. So the people who, you know, other writers, other creatives, other, you know, whatever it might be, are people who are just like readers. I mean, it's Ireland, right? Everyone's like a writer and a reader and a jokester and a storyteller and a musician. So I'm lucky that I landed in a place where it's 
really valued. And so I can, and there's a lot of opportunities. There's a lot of chances for me to go and meet these other people and support myself within the community that I want to be building. So I'm, I feel very fortunate and it is definitely more than just writing. It's, it, it kind of seeps into all different areas of my life for sure. This is the thing that I, I like about writing and I don't know, it keeps coming up well every season, but I think we're being a little more overt about it this time. It's just that we spend all this time, oh, I'm doing it again, but the people I know spend all this time working on aspects of writing and feeling like we're learning a new skill, say, that's something that's practical or we want to be good at it in quotes or just that we want to achieve a tangible result. But the thing about writing and probably every creative art is that sneakily alongside of it, you kind of have to show up as a, as yourself in a different way in order for those goals to be achieved. It isn't just about like reading craft books and finding the right software. Yeah. And you have to live like that's the other little bit of it. <laughs> so what does that, what does that look like? Say more about what living looks like. Well, I just, you know, it, uh, some of it has to do with that idea of like filling the well, right. And just being like going out and being in the world and stepping away from your hovel and your cave and the writing and being out there and interacting and enjoying and experiencing because that's going to help the writing, obviously. But I just like, I look at the things now that I want to do and I'm like, could I have done those 20 years ago? I don't, I don't know that I could have, like the energy was there, but the experience and the life lived and the wrinkles and all of that was not there. The knowledge maybe wasn't there. So uh, yeah, I think you'd like the living is where the, it's like the lifeblood of it. That's, you have to have that or else the writing is a fucking AI bot, right? Like it's a, it's a, oh, it's yeah. a, yeah, like that's, that's what it is. You can, anyone can write. It's a matter of if you're going to make people feel something, is it going to resonate? Is it going to be real? Is it going to be authentic? Is it going to be something that people can see themselves in? And the only way you can do that is to get out there. Right. Yeah. I think it's, it's also about something you said earlier, which is not having to be certain that it's going to be perfect. I think, it's going to work at all. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's this, because a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to waste my time on something that doesn't work. This is a That's fear. not wasted. Yeah, it's not wasted time, right? You're learning yeah. something. You're trying something. You're doing like, that's the difference because so many people talk about doing and never actually do anything. And yeah, it, it looks fantastic in your head as you describe it to me. Like, show me something on the page. You know, yeah. what, what have you done to capture that? How are you going to relay that information to other people? Whatever, you know, whatever it might be. But yeah. I think this is the thing that is also really important. And that is that... I don't like, and I have yet to talk to anyone who likes reading or watching stories about people who have no problems and do everything correctly. And yet we want to write things correctly, have no problems writing them and be ourselves somehow above critique. And I don't know how those things are supposed to go together. Yeah. yeah. No, a hundred percent. Well, there's, 
we we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to the thing that I spent so long creating has to be something. It has to fill in the blank. And that's been a big part of my challenge is to separate the attachment, right? Like it's, I can create something and throw my heart into it, but at some point I have to cut that off and send it out and not worry about what happens to it once it's gone. And it's so hard to do that. Obviously we all <laughs> love rejection. Um, but oh, yeah. you know, like, I, I feel like that's, um, and it's the same when, you know, whether you're on stage and you say something and, and it doesn't get a laugh, you know, it's like, okay, well, I could take that personally and think about that for the next three years, or I could fucking move on and try a new joke. Yeah. You know, so. I feel like me, that. I've, I've bombed a lot. <laughs> but I feel like that's the perfect model for, I could send this out somewhere else. I could try yeah. something else. I could yeah. write something new. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's that, it's that moment, right? It's not working or it's not resonating with that crowd, with that specific editor, with that specific publication, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't work somewhere. And so that's why I love always just like taking things that I worked on, you know, like four years ago and dusting them off. I mean, like, what about now? Huh? <laughs> Would it be? Yeah. Because I yeah. think the other thing is, I mean, most people, they always talk about and I was reading about this recently and apparently it was a Seinfeld joke that started this people fear public speaking more than death. I think he wrote it as a, a joke and now everyone has taken and it on as a scientific it. fact. Um, but I think that doing stand-up is way scarier than public speaking. I do not fear public speaking, but I do fear doing stand-up because I think I would be terrible which is not to say I can't be funny under certain circumstances, but I can't control it. Like it's going to be these five minutes. And is there a way that having been through those experiences that other potential bombs that happen in the course of the creative life feel less scary as a result of having faced that one, which to me, I can't think of anyone scarier. 1000%. Um, I, yeah, I have bombed like, mass like very massively like in places where I'm like oh my god I'm how am I ever going to get over this and then I'm like oh well guess what I'm still alive at the end of it <laughs> like it didn't actually kill me <laughs> yeah you woke up the next day it moved yeah, on yeah yeah like and so okay. I think that's a really valuable lesson right I can I can make stuff and it doesn't have to be good and I will be okay from that I can I will live to see another day um and also it's just that Oh God, the pressure, like the stand-up when it goes well is such, it's so amazing, right? And everyone is there in the same space and you can feel it happening and it's like the crackle and all of it. Um, and so I, what I try to do is remember that, like store the really good, good pieces of it in my heart, in my memory bank, whatever is left of it. And like, remember that that connection, that's what I'm there. That's what I want to do, right? Like the stuff that I write, I want to have that feeling and capture that and have some of that when the person's reading it or when I'm performing it or whenever it might be. It's like, I know I can do it. I know it's in there. I've done it before. I just have to trust that I can do it again. Much easier yeah. said. It's, oh yeah. But the fact that yeah. the possibility is there and that we have both records of both experiences yes exactly. it's like and, and i know this can happen exactly and that's kind of rerouting your brain right to being like okay well i'm going to expect the worst 
What if it's not the worst? Like, what if it actually goes really well? What if you succeed doing this? What if you have fun doing it? Heaven forbid, right? Like, what if it ends up being a pleasurable experience? Cool. That's also, those are also options. And if it's not, I'll probably survive. Exactly. If not, it makes a better story. So this is possibly the weirdest story I think I've ever considered telling on the podcast, but I'm going to tell it anyway. Yes. This has very little to do with writing, but almost 10 years ago, I was in Hamburg visiting a friend who lives there, still lives there with another friend from the US. And we got on the ferry because they have canals and such, and you can get from one part of the city to another via the ferry. And I really had to pee. And our friend was like, I do not recommend this bathroom. He's very practical. He's German. He was just like, I don't recommend this for you. And I was like, you know what? I don't think it matters. It's reached that level. We're trapped in a boat. Like this has got to happen. So I went into the bathroom and I closed the door and it was the worst smell I have ever encountered anywhere on earth. It was like being inside a a prison that was a cat box that was like had housed 200,000 cats. Like it was so extreme. But the funny thing was my reaction was I just started laughing and I could not stop laughing. And my thought was, I'm never going to smell anything this bad again. It's never going to be this bad again. And it was so liberate. And I haven't, I really haven't. I mean, I've smelled some stinky stuff, but nothing has ever reached that point again. And I came out and I was like radiating light. It was like a weird (laughs) enlightenment experience. And my friend who was with me was like, I gotta know. And she ran into the bathroom. And then our other friend, the German one was like, I do not need to know. (laughs) Was fair. But she came back. She looked like she was going to throw up. But we were both like, that's it. That's it. We've done it. And so I think sometimes we spend all this energy avoiding what we think is going to be a terrible experience in writing that we will never recover from. But yet if we just run headlong into it, well, I didn't run headlong. I was warned, but I didn't really know what I was getting. There's such liberation in experiencing it and surviving. If it's a metaphorical, obviously like getting murdered or other horrible things, you know, that's not what I'm suggesting, but like a thing where you think it's going to be too embarrassing. It's going to be too upsetting, anything like that. I, I was shocked at how positive the experience ultimately was. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that sums up writing, right? Like we get done, we're like, oh, wait, (laughs) maybe there were some parts of that I enjoyed. (laughs) Oh yeah. I mean, we do, it's like, we think we do it for the enjoyment, but we also do it for the liberation from, for proving, oh, I can handle this. Yeah. Yep. And for, and for having that document, right? Like, um, knowing that I can look back at stuff that I wrote, you know, when I was going through a difficult time and being like, okay, this, I felt this way once and I wrote about it and you know what, I might feel that way again, but I survived, you know, I got, I I was able to, and the writing helps that. I think it helps to remind us what we can handle, what we can do. And it helps us to process all of that, obviously, but just kind of gives us a, 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 kind of a reminder and a roadmap almost of like, remember when you traveled back here and you made it this far and now you're here and you may not know what's up there, but like, it's, it's going to be okay. You can do it because you've done it before. 
yeah. where you have you have some memory or some notion that there's something there that will get you to where you need to be. Sometimes I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to do that thing, but I know that I can do this one little bit of it. So I'll do that one little bit of it and then figure out the other bit when I, once I'm done with that, you know, and like, we're not going to worry about that one just yet. Yeah. But you're the champion, I must say, of taking a, a really audacious goal and just like breaking it down startup style into chunks that you can manage and you just keep it keep it high energy and just chow through it. I mean, that's, yeah. Like if, if, if I learned anything from startups, right. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. But I think that's how you, uh, you know, how, how do you eat an elephant? It's like, you just have to break it down. And some of that's the agile workflow. And you can do that when there's tools to do that. Or it's like, you know what? I don't, like, I don't know how I'm going to put on a one woman play. I don't know how I'm going to do that. But I know that if I write these, write this 10 minutes of really good material, and then I write another little bit of material and I work those together and then, oh, I can start asking some questions of people and figuring things out. And it starts to come together. And a lot of it is just being like, I don't know how to do this. (laughs) Is there someone who can help? Or like, what do you suggest? And also being exposed to what's possible. Like, I love seeing what other people are doing in the space to make me realize what I could be doing in, you know, in my next show or in the next thing that I try and take on. So I get a lot of inspiration from, from the current, you know, what, what people are doing that kind of spark ideas for things that maybe, maybe I could do one day also. Well, yeah, it's seeing what people do as a menu of possibilities rather than, evidence that oh they have some special quality that I don't yeah no inspiration instead of a like a competition or a uh a scarcity right like it's not oh they had this great idea and they were able to um to to pull it off it's more like oh my god that's amazing how can I do something like that yeah yeah Yeah. And being open to that. And I think that if once you start to see that in effect, then your creative self in all areas of life starts to think, well, okay, if that's possible, what else is? Totally. Yep. Yeah, exactly. It opens up possibilities because you're just, you realize that there's so, so much out there. Everything can be an input or a possibility or an opportunity for something, right? Yeah, and what becomes appealing or or doable once we stop trying to think about what can be a slam dunk the first time. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I just want to say, I heard a recent podcast with Julia Cameron, who I know we all adore and we've all yeah. done the morning pages and, and all of it. Um, like, I didn't realize how much she has done. She has written musicals poetry, right? Novels, classes, there's like across the board, all of these different things. And I struggled, this is probably, I don't know, a few years ago, probably five or six years ago. I really struggled with like, I I have to decide what I want to do. Am I a stand-up comic? And that's what I am. I'm a stand-up comic. I'm a humorous essayist. That's what I do. I write humorous essays and I publish them. I, uh, you know, like I write screenplays and I'm like, you know what? I want to do it all. And I am 
And people are like, oh, but you're going to waste your energy because you're over here and you're flitting over there and you're doing this thing over here. And I'm like, that's, first of all, that's who I am. And I want to try all these different things. And I have all these different ideas. And I'm not going to say, no, I'm only this one thing. I want to try it all. And not that I, I mean, like, I would love to be Julia Cameron. I would love to be in my 70s and talking about, oh, I just tried this brand new thing that I've never tried before. And here it is, you know, like, I think that's so amazing and, and awe-inspiring. And that's kind of what I want to do is like try lots of different things. And maybe it's a little bit of this and then there's something over there. And, and then I do this and let me, let me do that thing over here and work with that person and just have fun while you're doing it. Right. I will be stunned if in your seventies, you're not saying, Oh, I just tried this new thing that I have never done before. I, I dare you to not try something new that you've never done before in your seventies. It would so shock me. Well, first of all, that's when I plan to start winning races. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I figure I'll start uh I'll start placing in my age group when I'm in my 70s. <laughs> For running? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because there won't yeah. be anyone else out there. Um anyway. I might try it with you. I might try it with you. <laughs> I am not fast though. So you're not going to yeah, be threatened. But at that, at that point, it's just, you're, yeah, you're just finishing. Like that's all it takes and when you're 70. Like you don't have to be fast. You just have to fucking finish. That's yes. sort of my, a good motto for my life. <laughs> I know, I'm like, that, that's a really good one. You don't have to be fast. You just have to finish. Basically. And that's, I mean, that holds true for projects, right? It's like, you don't like, it could take you four years to do the thing, to write the thing. As long as you get done with it. I think that's the goal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Who cares? I mean, I think that that's the other piece. There's the, is this going to be correct or is this going to take forever? But I always go back to, again, Julia Cameron. I think it was in the artist way when she said, well, do you know how old I'm going to be by the time I can play the cello decently? And she said, yeah, the same age as you're going to be if you don't. (laughs) Exactly. And so we just keep going and we see what we find. Yeah. Yep. Another good one that I, with my drawing, uh, the thing that I was, that I've always kind of has been a blocker or something creatively that has been like kind of a limiting factor is you're like, what is this thing that I'm drawing? What is it? You draw something and people are like, what is it? And so if you take that question out and be like, I don't, I don't know what it is. It's something I drew, right? Like it doesn't have to be something. And so I think we can also apply that to a lot of writing. Like, I don't know what this thing is it just kind of bubbled up out of me and it's taking shape and it could be this or it could be that, but you know what? I, I don't know. And it's just part of the process of discovering what it is while you're creating it sometimes. Exactly. Or just having the confidence to commit to whatever you're doing. One of my favorites of the, the Sir Ken Robinson Ted talk about creativity is there's this bit where there's a little girl drawing a picture And they said, what are you drawing a picture of? And she said, I'm drawing a picture of God. And the teacher said, well, nobody knows what God looks like. And the girl says, well, they will in a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that made me so happy and still makes me so happy. And so I think it's, yeah, it's it's almost like we have to play that game where we're the teacher and we're the kids. It's like... Well, what, what, it's like the critic is like, what are you writing? And you're like, I don't know, I'm writing this thing. And it's like, well, what if it's not any good? And it's like, well, we'll find out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. But I think it's always worth finding it out. Oh, it's yeah. It's worth the risk. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Because you'll find something out, right? <laughs> In the process. No, whatever it is, you're going to learn something. <laughs> yep. Yep. 
Well, thank you, Tara, so much for exploring and playing around with me. <laughs> it was really fun. And you know, I will play around with you anytime. Ooh, that sounds, <laughs> that sounds scandalous, but um, I'm glad. I'm glad. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you so much for the conversation. Oh my goodness. Thank you. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite show? Good news. Ad-free listening on Amazon Music is included with your Prime membership. Just head to amazon.com slash ad-free fitness to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Enjoy thousands of ACAST shows ad-free for Prime subscribers. Some shows may have ads.